Hi, everybody. Welcome to One Too Many Voices. I can't believe we get a chance to talk to some of the best minds in astrology that I know of in the world. Seriously, these people I couldn't respect more. I'm so honored that they work for and with me at OneTwoListen.com. They're also, each of them have their own radio shows. Can you believe that? And where have you been not listening to them? Over at One Two Radio. I want to start with... Um, minor introductions for them because they deserve so much more than what I'm about to give them. But you know, the first guest from the, uh, the first two guests actually are from the power peak. CA Brooks is a, uh, one of the most prolific women I know, not only in her writing skills, but as an astrologer, as a psychic, as somebody that I would go to for any problem that needed to be solved. She was an ally of mine in the course in miracle studies, and it just seems to grow. And I just, uh, love her more each day. Please welcome, if you would, CA Brooks. CA, are you with me? I am. Thanks, Mark. You bet. I love being here. It's so fun having you here. It's so exciting that we get to share you guys with the world. My second person is also someone I've known probably the longest of all the others. He came at the, to the 12th house when we had a brick and mortar store as one of the coolest looking people I've ever seen in my life. I love this man. He, <laughs> you all know who I'm talking about. He's a scholar. He's a writer. He's brilliant beyond belief. If there's a question you have about any topic without running to Google or the internet on any level, <laughs> this man just opens his mouth and he has an answer. I adore him. Please welcome Mo Abdelbaki. Mo, are you with me? I'm right here. Thank you, Mark. Woo-hoo! My goodness. <laughs> so good to have you here. It's you so fun. Me, and, I love uh, having I'm you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. It's so fun having you. Thanks for coming. My next guest, you guys, I haven't known as long as these two, but I it was an instant love affair. She's a poetic. She's a, a romantic at heart. She's a Scorpio. She's driven. She has this passion that is unbelievable. And I'll tell you, if you don't think she looks like Susan Sarandon, it's hard not to think of Susan Sarandon when you talk to her. And she's also very addicting. And again, a radio show that she just takes to the next level in astrology and her psychic wisdom. Please welcome my friend and colleague, Alita McClellan. Alita, are you with me? Hello, darling. Boy, do we love your intros. <laughs> you can Boy, tell they're heartfelt. delightful. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't get your check, though. I mean, for the intro. No, just teasing. Just easy. <laughs> and now, last but certainly not least, Tracy's another one I haven't known quite as long, but I'll tell you what. You can't not love a cancer, and that's what she is with that Aries moon. She came to the 12th house with a spark and an angle that was so refreshing and so different. She hosts her own show on One Two Radio. I'll get her to tell you the name of it because just as soon as I was going to tell you, it went away. But I love her show. She uses a lot of the moon functions. She launches One Two Radio every Monday morning. And please welcome Tracy Kleiner. Tracy, are you here? I am. Thanks, Mark. Oh, it's so good to have Glad you here. We can hear the Wisconsin in you now. <laughs> right. I'm sure you can. <laughs> now say the name of your show. Luminous Pathways. Luminous Pathways. I was going to say pass, Pathways to something, but then that was going to lead into somebody else's show. Luminous Pat, luminous Pathways on Monday mornings, 9 o'clock Pacific. Alita's is Alita's Audacity, which is just a, a two hours after Tracy's show, also on Mondays. CA is at 10 a.m. on Pacific Time, 
at on Tuesdays at 1-2 Radio, and that's called Simple Tales. And Mo's is out of Mo's mind now Thursday mornings. We got Mo to go to Thursday mornings. We're so excited about it. So that's where you can find these guys over at 1-2-Radio.com. So you guys, without further ado, certainly we don't have a lot of time uh, for this segment, but I want to talk about the election. Today's election day. People are excited. They're nervous. Is their candidate going to make it? You know, it's like you all came together. I gave you the charts. You, had, I'm sure you had your own version of the charts. But could we, let's ask some really conscious questions because we'll save the final question if you want to answer it for last. But I want to know in general, and anybody can leap up. Do you see the tide is changing with the, the U.S. as a country? So, you know, we can talk to people about if you ran the U.S. chart and do you look at it as an entity. But in general, these planetary trends, is there a change coming? Anybody? Hey, Mark, it's Tracy. I took a look at the chart of the U.S. and, and I, I looked at what was going on in the election in 2008 and that sense of hope and optimism was really overt. You know, it's like we had... Pluto was just finishing up its transit in Sagittarius. Ooh. And we had Venus there as well, and that was all happening in the first chart of our country, as well as Saturn transiting the ninth. So we were really ready for something new. Our whole ideals were redeveloping and in a renewed sense of spirit. And when I look at Pluto, I was just drawn to Pluto for some reason when I looked at the chart for the election coming up with the United States, and it's now in the early stages of Capricorn in the second house. So yeah. I just think that there's, you know, just some fear around security okay, in the so early part of this transit okay, and so just the, releasing some status quo energy. So the first round in 2008, we had the fear of we need a change. We were ready for change. This time we're looking at the at, at what we need now is security. Are you thinking it's economic? I think it's economic, being okay. that it's in the beginning part of the second house, but keeping in mind that Pluto always feels more intense in the beginning of those transits. So I think that's going to lessen. I think it's something to be aware of yeah. so that people aren't voting their fears necessarily because that is a powerful energy for you know economic fear. Okay, let's see if we can get some confirmation or argument or dialogue around that. CA, Alita, well, anybody? Hey, Mark, I'll yeah. jump in. This All is right. CA. And I was, I'd like to you know second what Tracy said, but the other thing that I think is really striking about the difference between 2008 and 2012 is that on the day of the election in, 20, in 2008, Saturn was in exact opposition to Uranus. Mm. So we were definitely ready for change. We wanted to take out the old guard and we were ready to to do something new. Whereas one of the striking things about 2012 is that we have that ongoing Pluto in Capricorn square with Uranus. So we also have all of this unrest, but this kind of unrest is more about revolution. And so when you had even posed the question to us, you know, are the next four years the most important? I guess what I would say is no, because I think I go back with what Tracy was saying. And I think, you know, Pluto sitting in the second house of the United States chart and the fact that it's coming up to a Pluto return that isn't going to happen until like early like 2023, I think we've got a long way to go. And I think we're really revamping a lot of our foundations about security. So it is about security, but it's also about revolution. 
Okay, so then what we're saying is that the desire there there is a we still want revolution, and I think the big question that's the big elephant in the room is is that revolution uh, being dictated by either party or, or is there somebody that's carrying that in a signature more in their chart than somebody else? Anybody? Oh boy, <laughs> I have to jump when you say it like that, Alita here, and of course I have always loved listening to my fellow one two astrologers, I find myself having to make sure I talk because it's lovely to listen to all of you. The thing that took my attention first was looking at, of course, the individual charts. And the fact of Barack's chart is he is a personality representation of the basis that this nation was started from. He is the the quintessential example of the outsider, the one that does does not fit in, the one who doesn't feel he has a home, the one who then decides to find his own freedom, his own home, create it for himself, and become a driving factor in bringing other people into that. That's been the undercurrent, the drive of his entire life emotionally. It's been the temperature of his life astrologically. And it has become, I think, I'm venture to guess, an unconscious drive and how he totally regarded politics as a way to bring together, pull together, has always been that voice and has encountered a great deal of difficulty with that perspective. That is essentially the core of what democracy, this democracy, the United States was structured to be. It was the place for the the tired, the poor, the hungry masses. Come here if you don't fit in somewhere else. And Mitt Romney is a fascinating example of the other part of the American dream, the other hand of the American psyche, if you will, of what the nation has become, the the nation that does believe in capitalism, the nation that does believe that we that a corporation can be a uh, a, ter- a totally viable entity, a nation that believes that there is a separation between your private spirituality and business. And he brings what America has become. He brings the energy of what we became, a nation that says we define ourselves by our ability to create success. We can do this. All right. So are these guys sort of like the representation then of the, the two split consciousnesses in America at this time? You guys? Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. how about this? Go ahead. I mean, we, we're talking about America, yes, uh, because we haven't lived here. But, you know, we have an international world audience. And the thing I'm looking to is the fact that Saturn is not just Saturn in the United States. It's Saturn in the whole world. And in 2008, Vedically speaking, which is the representation of the actual planets in the sky, Saturn was in Leo. And that was a representation, in my opinion, of wanting the strongest lion to rule. We wanted someone who could actually get in there and kick some butt because things were horrible at that time. Uh, the, The bubble had popped and we were circling the drain in many ways. We've been through eight years of of uh, George W. Bush, God bless him, and his uh, and his rule, and and 9/11, and the world was in upheaval, which meant that in the last four years, Saturn has descended into Virgo, and this is the archetype 
of Orpheus in the underworld, trying to find Eurydice, his his beloved, and bring her out of the darkness back into the light. And we've seen the so-called Arab Spring. We've seen uh, revolution in in all over the world. We've seen South America change, uh, and our own country as well. I think we are desperately seeking a balance point. Well, Saturn is now in Libra, and Vedically speaking, and so I think that we're going to see not, it's been very dramatic lately. The rhetoric has been outrageous. The propaganda has been ridiculous. I don't think people, eventually, they're going to throw it all out. And I think that's one of the changes we're seeing, not just in this country, uh, Mark, but but worldwide. Mm -hmm. We're beginning to see an actual search for honesty, Mm. and that has been missing. Well, do you guys feel that our country has gone to the extreme in this sort of separatist ideologies where everybody sort of it's almost like when a candidate speaks, one goes, I am, you know, I will see to it that Roe versus Raid is rescinded. And the other goes, I will see to it that gay marriages are honored. They're so extreme. It's almost like, is that going to change? Do you all see that there might be a coming together in the middle, a stronger, less polarity? Is that possible? Or have we still have more to come? I think so, Mark. I, you know, I see Venus in in the United States chart in Libra. Okay. And then I look at the, the um, Jupiter transiting the seventh house. And I just see that as craving more balance and fairness. And there's more concern about our neighbors, both globally as well as how we're all coming together. I think everybody really wants that. No, okay, do you all agree? But time changes things, right? Yes. And Mark, we're about the same age. Do you remember watching Amos and Andy on television? I do indeed. You, do yes. you remember that? No, they were, were, and I can't remember. Were they white men in blackface? Or? In, on radio, they were white men with blackface as okay. well. They just did the voices. <laughs> okay. on TV, and they actually did blackface when they appeared in person. But on TV... They were black actors, but they were incredibly, well, they were stereotypes. stereotypes. As there were stereotypes of people from the South, as there were stereotypes of, you know, Danny Thomas, right? Yes. Um, In his show with Uncle Tanus, who Hans Conrad was German, (laughs) played his uncle, right? Yes, I remember. That's true. And so nowadays, you couldn't get away with any of that. That's right. This country constantly changes. We are a country of acceptance and things are changing. It's just going to take... Could you have ever imagined a black president? No, not in a million years, honestly. But I also remember in the early days, there was a lot more um, acceptance of homosexuality in the movies. I mean, the the cinema was replete with gay actors and gay characters that people just were happy with. And then we had uh, the McCarthy era and we had this sort of censorship and it got ugly. So sometimes it doesn't always seem to change for the good. Sometimes it seems to get a little darker. That's why I wondered if you all think it could change, it, it, this This could lighten up a little bit. Oh, I think that Uranus and Pluto doing their thing right now actually brings that, despite the fact that they are not known for being lightening up planets. Yes. That's but we haven't seen configurations like this since the 60s oh, nice. for our nation. And it's lovely to speak about remembering where we've been because... There's so much maturity that's been added on with this particular configuration so that we do get to have a mature version of Uranus and Pluto instead of the kind of just explosive version that we experienced before. 
And that brings the lightening up that you're talking about. I it's been in a pretty marvelous relationship to Neptune for just that kind of softer but deeper version. Yes. Of that kind of opening. What do you think about CA? Are you still with us? I want to make sure I didn't lose you. I, I am. Good, I am still good, here. Good. And if you want me to, I'm going to jump on this Pluto Uranus square. Okay. Because, you know, I, I guess maybe I'm a little more contentious than some people. I don't see it as all being, you know, light. I do, th- I, I mean, I do think that we are evolving to another place, but I just think that we're in what I would consider kind of the chrysalis. You know, it's that caterpillar is struggling to become the butterfly. And that's not always the easiest process. And just going back to the Pluto-Uranus thing, they were actually conjunct, meaning they were exactly in the same place in the mid-60s. And so when you look at the mid-60s and what was going on, we were dealing with civil rights, women's rights, birth control, all of these issues. And it's interesting because it's almost like we struggled then to give birth to some new ideas. And then we've kind of lived with it. And now that the two of them have come into a square, once again, those things are brought to our consciousness so that we can re-examine, re-look at those, and really work out some of the details that maybe really weren't accepted by a number of the people. Mm. So, I mean, I think it will be, but I think that's why we're seeing those issues all over again. Yeah, it almost seems like there's some extremes happening too, not just extremes in opinions, but you have TV shows where this is the first time I've ever seen two same-sex characters kissing and actually living a normal life. And at the same time, we have um, TV shows that are completely on the other end of the spectrum. And it's like, this is the first time I've ever seen um, such a a self-expression. And maybe it'll come to that sort of uh, place where it is just uh, the Fifth Amendment. Everybody gets to express what they want. The um, it takes those polarities. Yes, it takes that kind of struggle for the balance to happen. For the, that's what I meant about more mature perspective on it. More mature doesn't mean less struggle. It just means more capacity to hang in there with the polarities until they develop into something solid, and that's what this round is gunning for. Yeah, well, you, know, you mentioned TV. Yes. And one of the things that strikes me, I remember Bewitched, and uh, which, Bewitched was was not about magic and the occult, although it was. It was about woman empowerment. That's right. You know, she's married to this Darren, who is as thick Thurwood. as a brick. Yeah. You know, if I had a wife who could do the things she could do, trust me, my life would be very different. You know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just one night, Sam, one night, right? But you know, and then <laughs> I Dream of Genie came out. The same idea. Here's this idiot man. Um, yes. Who goes on to own a place in Dallas, I guess. And he he has this thick-headed, I don't want you doing this and I don't want you doing that. He eventually marries her and basically takes away her power. This was the struggle. The struggle was, you know, to find ourselves. Our generation, we were trying to say one thing, which is we don't have to be like the generation before us. We don't have to go to war. And unfortunately, the rest of the world is piped in. But I think what's happening is that we are seeing the reemergence of those antagonistic feelings. And it's certainly coming out in TV. It really is in many different ways. Look at all the redneck shows that are on right now. Exactly. Some people watch them. Some people laugh at them. It's so funny to look at how people vote depending on where their personal Venus is oh. and how their personal Venus relates to the candidate. 
and that whole JFK factor that I'm showing my age with, of course, of he was pretty. Yes. He was good looking. That always matters. There is so much of the, and again, this is a duality and a juxtaposition. And from my perspective, it's one of the things that Neptune and Uranus and Pluto are urging us to reconcile, that sense of being able to be sold a bill of goods and just wanting it to be true so much that we veer towards it. Yeah. As opposed to the discernment that I see rising in the American people, bit by bit by bit, that hunger for it to be accurate and true. The anger that people have expressed to Obama um, comes from that, comes from we want you to do all these things that have been promised to us regardless of their practicality, their regardless of how realistic they are, regardless of how one can actually make these things happen. And it's an interesting thing to see that when you look at individual charts and how they vote, it often has to do with that lovely little Neptunian and Venusian wishfulness. Hmm. That's a good that's a good theory. I mean I do like that. I'm gonna check that out. So you, you can offer a, a theory? Yeah. People don't think for themselves. <laughs> I hate to say that. I've had more than one person say to me, you know, I'm really disappointed in, in Barack Obama. And I I don't, I'm not, I just say, why? Well, uh, because he disappointed me. But why? What? In what way? And I, I, I've asked this of different people for different reasons. And you know what? Nine out of ten times, actually, they don't have an answer. Yes. It's because we are part of a culture and a community and a society and we listen to well, people like us, pundits, right? But mm -hmm. we're right, they're wrong. So, you know, that's the whole point is it is that people are terrified to make the wrong decision. Start with like what you think the what, what would Mitt Romney be oh. like as a leader in the country? What would I mean, just in general, the good things. What do you see good about him? Well, this is kind of it's it's it depends on how it's done. Mm -hmm. uh, because Mitt's chart, his spirituality is very strong. It started with that incredible Saturn foundation he had around his father, and it's very private. He truly does regard politics and life as business. Huh. So he would get down to business. He would regard our country and what he needs to do for it economically, the same way he regarded all the business decisions that he has made. Uh, he would consider it that consider that he was cutting the fat and cutting the excess. Uh, I am trying not to say my personal opinion yeah, okay. because there are qualities to what makes hard and fast business sense that really aren't part of what is needed in a position where you're deciding about the well-being of the people it is not a business it is the well-being of individuals health and the roof over their head and their capacity to uh, have an alienable right of happiness so he, he would re but he, I do think that he would be very sincere about balancing economic issues. Okay, awesome. And and looking, you guys too, you can keep this in mind. Looking at transits that may occur over the four years for him too, you can keep that in mind as, as some of oh. the obstacles he may face. Go ahead, Alita. Oh, the, 
it's so interesting what's going on for him astrologically right now. There's a real tug of war between his desire to go inward and, and almost a crisis of consciousness. And, but 2016, he starts to light up again. Okay. So in uh, four years. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I had to add that in my head. Anybody else want to jump in <laughs> on what the Mitt Romney positive things would be? Let's, let's do it from that slant for now. Like, and what kind of changes he might bring? And then what uh, might be going on with him in his um, personal life or transit life? I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I think he's an idealist. And that's a sweet thing, um, as opposed to Barack Obama, who's a bulldog and hunkers down and knows exactly how difficult it's going to be. I think Mitt Romney has a thought that he can bring some of the financial and business sense that he's shown in the in the real world and as the governor of the state of Massachusetts to the nation. Uh, but when Saturn moves into Scorpio... Um, in 2014, October or so, things are going to change dramatically for him. And I think his foreign policy is going to really um, either have to buck it up or it's going to fail, one or the other. There's no, not going to be a, a, a moderation in that that I can see. And this is Mitt, uh, right? <clears throat> yeah. I okay. mean, this is, this is a really difficult... He's going to have two years, um, essentially... To or actually a year and a half to bring something home, and I mean in a big way, two years. Um, but I also think that he is extremely ambitious, and he does not want to go down in history as a weak president. This could actually be good for the country, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because it means that he'll do what he has to do. Excellent. Okay. Anybody? CA? Tracy? Well, you know what I want to kind of hop on to what... Um, Mo just said, is that I really think over the next four years, I think there's a lot going on for the United States. I think we are in a lot of transition, and I do think that's because Pluto in opposition to all those cancer planets in the U.S. chart, and as well as approaching um, the Pluto. But I think that the president who comes in in the next four years has got to be willing to put aside all ego. I mean, I truly do think, and I'm basing this, I will also say, on the on the state of the moon on the day of the election. This has got to be a leader, and by the way, the moon is in Leo, but it's got to be a leader who's not doing it for all the praise, not doing it for all the recognition, but is doing it as one of the most faithful of leaders who's willing to literally put aside all personal agendas and look and see what is the best thing for the country. And the person who can do that the best is the one who's going to be the better president mm, exciting um you know and i do think mitt romney can do that he's got a lot of water in his chart he's got a lot of you know pisces so he is able to i think intuit what people need um so i mean i think he's capable of doing that one thing i would say i have a little concern about him is that saturn is going to be hitting his chiron very soon because in the western system saturn is sitting in scorpio and it's approaching chiron which is usually the place that we feel weak or where we feel wounded so i think that if he's the president he's going to go through a very trying time and there's going to probably be times he's going to say what was i thinking you know <laughs> um because but it could be a very healing it could be a very healing time for him i mean in fact the truth is in the next year or so he is going to go through a major healing in his life whether he is the president or not Excellent. if i may just jump in one thing quickly yeah i don't think this man has any idea what he's about to get into if he wins 
I think the, the Republican Party, every party has its own agenda, and they're willing to say anything, both sides, to get into office. I think he's got a heck of a surprise ahead of him. Ooh, exciting. Tracy, where are you at with it? Well, I, I echo what they say about the transits. Yeah. Um, I would agree with all of that. And I took a look at the North Node position for each of the men. So for the United right. States, yeah. the North Node is in Leo, which mirrors Obama's chart. He has a South Node in Aquarius and a North Node in Leo, which, CA, when you were talking about the sense of ego, I, I see that our country needs leadership from the heart. And... Uh -huh that that's really what we're working towards is staying out of, you know, debilitating objectivity or overthinking things and being too practical in a sense and really opening and leading from passion and the heart. Obama has a stellium in Leo, um, including his North Node. So his life path really involves that balance. They're, they both have their nodes in the first house and seventh house, but reversed. So Mitt Romney has a South Node in the first house, no, I'm sorry, that's Obama. Obama has a south node in the first house and a north node in the seventh. So working with other people, working towards cooperative partnerships and energies. And then Mitt Romney's chart, he has a north node in the first house. So he's really designed to create his own path and maybe a little less inclined towards partnership um, energy. And he has his north node in Gemini, so communication would be a really big issue for him if he was the president and having to release a little bit of the hardcore um, truths as he sees them to be able to listen to other people. And whether he could do that or not, who knows, but that's, that's the path he'd be on. And I have the million dollar question, and this is this time has flown by. I want you all to know that I'm going to have to do some serious editing just to get it on uh, to to get us to stay within our time frame when we go uh, to the Hay House listeners. Uh, I would like to see if you guys are willing to go around and just are you? Are, how do you all feel about putting it on the line of who is going to win on this incredible election day? And I'd be hurt if you didn't ask. Oh yay! <laughs> Okay, Mo, will you let's let's lead it off, Mo. Who do you think right. is gonna win the election? 